Welcome, everyone, and thank you, Rav Nissen. And we look forward to Mitzvah doing this program. It is a schus and an honor to do this. And we always have like a couple of few little requests just to remind you of the policies that we have. Is number one, if you're going to call, to please be 18. And if you're under 18, just get your parents' permission. So we'd love to have that. It's a public forum. It means once you ask your question, the question is on, and we're not going to be able to remove that. And as always, this program's an awareness base, so we are not necessarily able to be able to answer your question, but at least we can create an awareness. The number for those of you, because we'd love to have a live call or questions, are 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we look forward to taking your questions and your comments. So again, it's 718 683 5858. And, Harav Nissen, I guess before we start with the first caller, we're just going to read a couple of the questions that you've just sent me. Good evening, Mr. Weinberger. You're always amazed how everyone is growing. Well, here's a compliment to you. You have grown so much since the start of this program. Listening to one, listening one, till now, you have changed so many ways. One, you're not calling anyone by their first names. You have created boundaries. You don't take any parenting questions anymore, and neither any how-to questions. Just questions that can create an awareness. More to come another time. And the biggest compliment is that your voice hasn't changed. Still young, and keep up your good work. An English fan. Thank you from all the way from England. I wow. appreciate that. And it is nice to get a message from someone that listened to the past, and it's a good couple of years that we're now working together, and we're doing this program, and to hear that things have still stayed, still gentle, still creating an awareness, and just more and more focused what the goal is. I want to add, you know, because we have, Baruch Hashem, we have a lot of listeners, and especially also outside. So we add another two phone numbers for the... UK for England and for Israel. So the UK number is zero three 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 six. One second. Uh, one second. This is like this. Zero three 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 six six. Wow! 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 Six zero one zero six. Okay, too much numbers and. Okay, I'll repeat it, uh, try to repeat it. 033-336-60106. And in Israel, it's uh, 079-574-2029. 079-574-2029. And here, America, it's, uh, we know all the numbers. We add also additional number in America, in the United States, 720 Ten forty six seven two zero seven eight seven ten forty six. This is the number. Beside the other numbers that uh, oh you, you already knows them by art, like seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine, seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine, and seven one two four three two four two one seven seven one two four three two four two one seven. And the text number is three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Thanks God, I still remember them. <laughs> wow, Baruch Hashem. Wow, that is a whirlwind of messages. Yeah. Okay. okay, so 
just go ahead again asking people to please call up, share your questions, call up. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. Or if you'd like to start as you text the question to 347-927-8398, 347-927-8398. And Harav Nissen, let's go ahead and discuss just a little bit when it comes to change in the weather, but what happens to all of us, which means it's coming now summertime, being more excited, being outside more. But at the same time comes the harder times of, look at what others are doing, look at what others have. You're now interacting more with others. It could be either the jealousy, seeing the kids, oh, this kid's doing that, or these kids are studying, or these kids are better in sports, or these kids are learning more. Or now they bought different patio sets, like sitting outside. This whole concept, or oh, the men are now outside. It's like to talk about more the colonies and buying, purchasing, the shift that happens from one side to the next, from going or being in, the, in your house in the winter to the outside. On one hand, there's a tremendous amount of positives. The weather cheers us all up, makes us in a much better mood. On the other hand, there comes the difficulties. What would you suggest about this? <laughs> for me, you know, I know that quite a few people that are not waiting for this weather because they, they, they feel very bad with the, the hot weather. So, but myself, I love the, the summer. I love the, the heat. And again, I, I don't, you know what, it's, it's, very, it's very strange to say that it's the weather changing our characteristic. Yes, giving us more cheer. But I would say that the people that, as, as the, the jealousy or the, the kind of uh, look at the people, it doesn't matter if it's the winter, winter or summer or spring or autumn. It will be the same. So they will go to visit some friend and will see, yes, they will be definitely more exposed to the, the stuff. But uh, I would say this is a, a good occasion, that's what right now, to teach ourselves to look down a little bit and not to know, you know, not just to look on the other side of the, of the fence. Yes. To be able to realize, also see what you have. And even in the warm weather, there's a whole different energy to how people are when it's a warm weather to when it's a cold weather. Yeah, there's no, pro, no no question. I remember in Scandinavia, for example, there's something that's very, you know, people don't realize, but over there, uh, the winter is almost nine months, and and the summer is three months, and it's amazing to see midnight sun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> have you ever been there? Nope. I, it's, I've it's, been in very few places out of the United States. It's Air really... Control, been to England because I have a relative there, and that's just about it. It's really amazing to see uh, midnight sun, <laughs> midnight sun. For Israeli guy, like I finished the army, and I remember I come over there, and it's it's twelve o'clock at night, and it's sunny. It's wow. it's stunning, you know. I know that now it's a big question about how you accept Shabbat and all this, the other other stuff. But uh, for for younger person, I remember that, and. The, what happened in the winter? The winter, they have the, the highest, I think, highest rate of suicide and uh, alcohol problem. People basically nine months under the you know, under the ground over there in dark. Yes. Certain. This is really uh, the influence. The this is you can see the influence of the weather on the people, and 
in the summer that everybody's like open themselves and running outside and trying to grab some sun and and in the winter basically they close themselves and many of them unfortunately they they basically found this shelter in and the alcohol and and the beverage you know all the stuff yes let thank just, you let me just pick up some phone calls sure what I would address is maybe a question or two that I received to my section sixes that I wasn't going to really um, address so let's go ahead and take this one thank you for your time you invest in spreading important awareness my question is along with my OCD issues I peel my scalp which is called uh, there's a diagnosis for that uh, trichotillomania it's a fancy word but it's an extremely stress relieving feeling listen for people listening just to understand what that is you sometimes pull the hair out of your head or by the scalp, or sometimes you do it by the beard, but it's not someone that out of, let's say, they're just used to it, they want to stop. Or that could that be, it could also be that sometimes. But trichotillomania is many times out of stress they're doing it, and once they pull out their hair, then they feel easier. The problem is they're learning a negative behavior to self-soothe a pain. So now it says, but I feel horrible after I do it. So let's read this again. Along with my OCD issues, I peel my, set, my scalp. It is an extremely stress-relieving feeling, but I feel horrible after I do it. This is, by the way, just sharing with everyone, this is our general, some of the ideas that we realize when people do a negative behavior, because I've heard people say, oh, someone has an addiction problem, let's say they gamble, but they feel so good during. I go, when you do a good behavior, or a healthy behavior, it might be difficult during, but you feel great after. Generally, when you do a negative behavior, a behavior that's hurting you, you might feel good during, but after you're going to feel terrible. And as you're sharing that by you giving in to this pain, this trichotillomania, this pulling or removing this, the hair peeling your scalp or you hear from it, you feel horrible after. So when I do it, it's an indescribable urge that I find that I find really hard to ignore. I do, however, not do it in public. This is currently there are currently way more relevant and life imparting impairing parts of my OCD that I'm working on with with my therapist. So this issue is definitely on the burner. I wanted to hear your opinion on this issue, some advice, and to spread a general awareness. Thank you so much, and may Hashem bench you. For your stress to inner peace workshop with lots of siyata deshmaya, and may you be able to spread the tools to help others lead a calm and meaningful Yiddish life. Thank you. Amen. I would add on to that. Okay. Uh, Mordechai, I hmm? was busy yep. with the phone, so just uh, we have, uh, first of all, take that. Uh, Miss S. Okay. Okay, let's go to Ms. S, and then in between callers, we'll address this person's yes. message that they said. Okay, yes. we have also some questions from Israel that ask to us, but we'll address it later. Okay? Good, let's go ahead and address okay. those. Yeah, so let's start first Ms. with the yes, live hi. callers. Ms. S. Hi. Welcome. Um, first of all, thank you. I wanted to thank you for the amazing line. You're and so for, welcome. We really, really enjoy it. My whole family loves listening to it. We listen to it for suppers, and we really enjoy it. Wow, it's a source, and I thank you for that. Um, I have a question. Yes. Um, so basically, if someone goes to therapy and they went through, um, like, unusual things in their life, and some people, like, let's say I have some people in my family that remember and they 
they remember the things that they went through, and then I have some that they just blacked it out. Um, if someone blacked out all the things that they went through, um, is, is it still helpful for them to go to therapy? Well, I think the question needs to be phrased differently. Okay, let's try phrasing the question differently. And many times people say this is the question that they actually meant. All right, and if not, then you'll right. clarify what's in very particular what you mean. So let's take okay. your question as follows. Okay, let's say someone went through traumatic or through difficult situations in their life. Right. Now, let's there are abuse. Diff- yes, or abuse. Yeah. There are several ways that the brain deals with it. And in the Stress to Inner Peace workshop, that's why we share and clarify why many times people have certain stressors. And the reason why they have stress is because they're not aware of everything that's going on or everything that's buzzing in their mind. So, for an example, they might go to a place where they saw a certain trauma or certain abuse. Let's take the example of a car accident. They don't realize why every time they're going to that corner, they get nervous. And a large part of the reason is because of what they're going through, because of the memory, the subconscious memory that comes up when there's that trauma. So I just want to get this clear, that... When people went through certain levels of abuse, people went through certain levels of neglect or whatever was going through a trauma, the brain remembers. So now that we know that the brain remembers, it will affect us on some level. Now, the healthiest way is for a person to know it, to process it, and to work through it. However, sometimes when trauma is that big and the brain is not able to accept it or to process it, what the brain does is a great siyat d'shmai that Hashem has helped us is that we can block it, we can put it in another room and you shut the door. But imagine you don't take care of it. So just for an example, someone just shared with me that they're living in a house and they start having mice, which is everyone's horror. But they realize the reason why it's happening is because right next door to them, they have some guy in there really messy, and they don't clean up their house, they don't do anything, and the mice are coming from their apartment. Now, what do you do when you're clean, you're spotless, but it's the neighbors? So they tried getting the, the whole, I forgot what it's called, but they have the whole management of the department to get in there. They're not letting them in. They tried getting, they even offered to pay for different people to clean up, nothing doing. So what happens is the same is with our brain. That means it's a safety tool and a safety mechanism if we forget. But doesn't mean if we forget it doesn't bother us, doesn't mean it doesn't have an effect. It's like being neighbors with an infested apartment. It's going to come out. There are going to be difficulties. They could have it socially. They could have it with their family. They could have it within themselves, depressed or anxious. However... When other people push them to go to therapy and they're not ready, it can also cause a lot of trauma. So I started going to therapy. What? Um, Sorry. I started going to therapy because I have major social anxieties. Yeah. And panic attacks. And um, and by the way, I'm taking your workshop and it's really helping me and I'm really enjoying it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really, really like it. I'm in love doing the worksheets. Yeah. And yeah, I really like it. I really, uh, I love it. Um, so I started going to therapy, but because I have social anxieties, and I know that I went through like a crazy life, and and everyone reminded me, but I totally forgot everything, and I don't remember anything, and 
I remember, but I don't remember, if you know what I mean. You don't have and to remember, And I go to my though. therapist. Well, you need to first write a good. So what, what are you doing with and your therapist? I just, I, just don't, I just don't know what to tell her. And, and she tells me, so I heard from your mother, that you go through crazy stuff and you went through crazy stuff. And I don't know what to tell her. And, and I just so, I feel so weird going to her. And So yeah. that was a client of mine, first of all. I wouldn't be able to tell you I hear from your mother going through, through crazy stuff unless you get permission for that, step one. Step right. two, I, I, if you don't yeah. remember, I would bring in your mother with you a couple of sessions so she could remind you some stuff. Or realize if so some she reminds of the stuff... Me the, and yeah. She reminds me, but I don't feel like it's connected to me. I don't feel I went through such things. I just feel like, oh, That's yeah. Right. So therefore, like we deal with the here and now. So if, let's say, you were my client, we would be focusing on what are the issues right now? Where were you when you, let's say, had a panic attack? What were some of the thoughts that you had? What were some of the pressures that you were going through? So you think the panic attacks have to do with traumas I had in my past? I don't like telling you about you. Oh, we, <laughs> yeah, that's okay? true. I don't know what's going on by you, but we would start with a now. What are the stressors now? And the normal question that we ask, as we do in the worksheets, are when in the past did you have something similar? doesn't have to be the big 10 or 8, 9, 10, let's say 10, the highest stress you're going through, but when did you experience something at 3 or 4? How did you deal with it then? And very likely you didn't have a pattern or process on how to deal with it. So that pattern is what you continue now. But the older you get, those maladaptive behaviors that you've taught yourself of either denial or blocking or not saying anything or saying too much will hurt you. And therefore, you need to learn new skills. So we deal with the now. We identify the past. We identify why you learned it. We make changes in the now, and we make changes in the future. So we give you exercises how you will deal with it throughout the week differently. Right, okay. And do you think therapy will help such a matter if someone has, um, like, blackouts and they don't remember anything? There are many um, different modalities. There are modalities that help bring up the past. There are modalities that help... Um, not deal with it. There are, I should say, deal with it in that present to here and now. It all depends on the assessment that your therapist feels is best for you. Great. I've just recently seen someone. I told him I don't feel it's safe to work with you unless you're on medication. Because what we might come to. So it's always about the therapist that's running the show that knows the whole story that will make those clinical judgments, and then you will work with them if you agree, if you disagree. Right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you so much. With pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Ravnissa, what do you say to that? I, I, you know what? I just say uh, the question like this really is if it's resurfaced some stuff. And it's sometimes, as you say, it could be. You have to be uh, running with, with really supervising and knows what you're doing because sometimes it can be backfire, as you, as you said before. Sometimes, you know, people really, uh, you know, running. Uh, you said before something that really stunned me because I know that when I had a huge trauma, you know, in the war, and this, the seconds, the first seconds that I uh, we got it, it's still today I cannot re re recover it, you know, in my brain. And it's yeah. sitting somehow uh, on one of the cells or hard drive, in my brain that I cannot pull it out. The, the, the moment that I got it and I found myself uh, out, you know, like a few feet out and uh, 
with burning so that this is something that I, I cannot re- recover it. Yes, exactly. Uh, and when people sometimes bury it and say, oh, that never ha- or that didn't affect me, but every time they're in that place, like, you would get nervous, and the downside is when the person doesn't recognize it. And panic attacks are generally, not saying for everyone, but it's generally a message that there are some things that need to be worked on, us, or I need some skills how to deal with something that's happening over and over. Yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Excellent. And we have over there Mr. W, correct? Is he still yes. on? Yes, one second. Mr. W. Hi, Mr. good evening. Good evening. How you doing today? Baruch Hashem. I want to make a little awareness about, I go to group therapy every day, and people want for jobs, and I happen to go to group therapy, and I feel people look down, people that go to group therapy, and it's for me very important to go to it. That helped me a lot. A lot in my situation, whatever situation I am, I can't really disclose it. But I have certain issues, so I feel like people look down at people that go to group therapy. On the other hand, they should realize that it's an important thing sometimes. I agree with everything that you just said, and I'd even like to clarify. I think with you, we can explain to people because when you have a live caller, could explain it from a person that's going through it, the difference between individual and group therapy. So I'd like to explain the difference. I'd like to explain the amazing benefits to group therapy. And I'd like you to tell me if you agree, if you disagree, or if it's even, if I'm underscoring as to how valuable it is. So when someone goes to one-on-one therapy, it's extremely powerful. It means you have a therapist sitting one-on-one with you, working on your issues, helping you, helping you grow for you to be a better person. However, the limits of a one-on-one therapy is you get your experience and your therapist's experience. You get their knowledge, and which is great, it's individualized. But what you don't get is that sometimes seeing other person's experiences, like that last caller that said that she, let's say she doesn't remember certain things or she doesn't experience it that much or doesn't remember or she thinks but she doesn't feel it, When you go to group therapy and all of a sudden you see someone went through a similar situation to you and you see that they're either hurt or they can pull out, you first realize, I make sense. I'm not crazy. People that went through what I went through or going through what I'm going through understand me. And it's normal what I'm going through. That's step one. So number one is the validation. Is that true that that's what you get from a group therapy? And you cannot get, you could get it from a therapist, but not nearly as much as you get it in a group. Do you agree um, with that? I'm just thinking through as you're saying it. So you're basically saying group therapy has an advantage that you're basically getting different ideas from people and you could figure out from there what, what to do with your situation. Is that what you're That's saying? right. We've got several clients that we've sent to group therapy because we felt that they were a little blocked or a little in denial. And what's happening was going to group, and for an example, I'm not going to say which one because it's not something that we really discuss on air publicly, just for sneeze reasons, but there are certain types of trauma where one of the downsides of, of a lot of people that went through that trauma is the denial. They don't feel anything happened to them, or they're numb. But they think they're the only ones. And then when they're in a group therapy and they hear other people that are numb, other people that are reacting the same way just to certain words, then they realize, oh, I'm not crazy, because they walk around thinking they're crazy. 
Yeah, so number one, group therapy does is they see other people going through similar experiences, and they see they have similar reactions, and they're not the only ones. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, another major benefit is there's a support system, which means different people share different strengths that they have pulled through. And do you find that helping you? Yeah, basically, I, last week I had a certain thing I spoke about by, by the group. I can't remember now what it is, but I remember it, but I just have to think it through. And the group basically told me that if I, do, if I would do this and this, it might help me. And they told me yeah. what we did in this situation was that. And I tried. It helped me, actually. That's right. See, here comes the next level that you've said, and that is in a group therapy, they're not necessarily giving you therapy. It means it's not 45 minutes focused on you. Each person gets to share a little, five minutes, ten minutes, and people give them a little chizik, people give a little advice. Sometimes it's just sharing. Each of those are excellent. However, the benefit is that when you get feedback, you can get sometimes six or seven different people that have gone through similar situations that they could tell you this worked on us. And when you hear it from them, many times you accept it more than from the therapist. I just want to remind everyone the number to call up, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, because it is that, that important. Right. Next, another point I'd like to thank you for calling up and for sharing, and thank that is the power it. of group therapy is it also breaks the stigma of sort of, again, like I said, the first one that I'm alone, but when you're sharing with people, there now starts being a level that in many places they allow you to connect to those people out of the group, and now you start having friendship or an honest friendship. And when I say honest, means many people walk around feeling if others would know the real me, then they would hate me. If others would know what I've done or what I think or what I sometimes want to do or what was done to me, any of those stuff, or my past or my present or my future, whatever it should be, they wouldn't want to be my friend. And people, therefore, walk around with a lot of inner pain but inner separation feeling alone. So what they're feeling is that outside, people think they're great, people think they're excellent, people think that they're one of the chavra, but inside they're not. And that inside, that inner feeling of feeling separated and different is a tremendous pain. Once you belong into a group, once you have four, five, six people, generally a group of six people, besides for the 12 steps, we could have 20 people there sometimes, but generally it's six six people, six to eight, between four to eight people, that you've got people who know you, who you can share your vulnerability and still respect you and love you. That's a tremendous benefit that happens. Do you find that at all, knowing that you're now amongst people, that you can be real? Yeah. I'm certain, uh, the only thing is I don't, I'm real to a certain extent. You know, I don't go and publicize everything about myself. How long are you going to this group therapy? Almost a year. Okay. How long do you think it would take for you to go to re to continue going there till you'll be able to share almost everything? I would say another two years, three years at least. Excellent. So imagine it would take you three years 
of going to a group where people know who you are, they share their op- their stuff. By the way, let me ask you, is it an open group or a closed group? What do you mean by that? I'm just not sure. You know okay, that. so an open group means that anyone can join any time, and a closed group means, let's say, you're, you're five people, and only you five people can come each time, no one else. It's a closed group. It's basically, yeah, it's closed. Yeah. Okay. So now again, if could you imagine now what it would be like three years from now, you're going to this group and you can finally share really who you are, they can see the real you, and in that time I'm assuming they'll also get to know, or you'll get to know the real them. How would you feel then? Great. Okay, so now you have a goal. How do you think the rest of your life will feel when you can do that? That's a hard question to answer. Uh-huh. Um, I'll be myself. I'll be I'll be the real me. I'll feel very good about it. Yeah. Excellent. I want to thank you for calling up. Very brave and for sharing the power of group therapy. The number to call up. Sorry, what? Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. It's great. We have very few questions about group therapy, and I am a huge believer in group therapy means I see the power to individual therapy, and I see how we help people one-on-one, and you also see the coming together, the trusting, the opening up, the sharing, the allowing people to give you feedback, you give others feedback, the camaraderie that happens after the group where there is chizik and strength and believing in one another. That's very powerful. And just reminding everyone, the number to call up is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858. And if you'd like to text a question, it's 347-927-8398. 347-927-8398. And we'll go back. You're welcome. Till we get the caller to that original I just, question. Uh, Mordechai, yeah, I sure. don't, don't you think that J-Root Radio is a group therapy? In a set, oh, open. it definitely is, yes. I think it's a very open group therapy. And we yes. learn from each other, listen from each other, and making the awareness. Yes, a hundred percent. Yes. In fact, that is a large part what we do. People are hearing they're normal. People are hearing others' questions. People are hearing that there is hope. People are hearing different suggestions, like this person has just shared about group therapy. That it works. People are aware that it works. People, teenagers are sharing they have issues with friends. People were sharing about their marriage. People are sharing about their parents. People are sharing about some of their stresses. And each of those, as you share it, people are knowing you can get better. This is a large, huge group therapy. And the next level group therapy would probably eventually be if we can have this program with people calling up, sharing with each other's advice. So someone would say, let's say we take a caller with a question, now we're going to open up four or five callers to share and give their own personal experience, how they went through something similar to that and how they do things differently or how they learn, how they grow. Yes, but thank you. And this is a large, huge sus, one piece of group therapy sus. The number to call up, 
5858. So we're just going back to that call, that question that I was reading about the person that had the trichotillomania, where they were pulling their hair, their scalp actually, and they also had OCD, and they said they're not working it on their trichotillomania, where they're pulling their scalp, where it's affecting them because they have so many other issues with OCD to deal with. And what do they do? And the awareness that I would like to create is that it's, it's really, I hope they'll be able to get it and accept it and hear it, but they might need more intensive therapy. And I share that with many times with people that not to think that you're going to individual therapy, so now you're getting better. Sometimes people need a higher level of care, it's called. And a higher level of care means that they would go to a place where might have several hours a day of therapy. This person might need therapy every single day and might need group therapy, might be some other stuff. But if you've got such severe OCD and you're still, let's say, pulling your scalp on such a level where it's affecting so much of you, and you're not even ready yet to deal with it, then my recommendation is for you to consider going to a higher level of care. What do you say to the herbness? And someone's saying they're going to their therapist, they have major issues, things aren't getting better, or a little bit, but they still have some major behaviors where they're, where they're peeling their scalp, and usually like they lose their hair and things like that. Okay, we'll go to Mrs. C, please. Yeah. Hello? Yes, hello, Mrs. C. Thank you for calling. Hi. Okay, so we know about a kid. She's eight years old. That she's suffering a lot at home. She's going through a lot. And um, I really want to do something to help her. I would love to do something. I, I know I can't. There's not much I could do. I, I want to call the principal. I want... Maybe they could help her do something. But on the other end, my husband really doesn't want to get involved. He wants us to just stay out of everything and not do anything. And we should just not talk about it and just not not get involved. And I really don't know what to do because I, I still want to do something. Good. So let's go ahead and let me understand again your question because I want you to get it. There's someone that you know that's, that's a friend of yours? I know a kid. A kid. Now, what's your relationship? I'm saying, is it a friend? Is it a neighbor? Why are you so into it? Why are you so aware about it? A relative of mine. Okay. So, and why? Good. So now that's a relative, how about you share that with your parents? Hello? Hey, yeah. Um, so what if I can't? Then it's already an unhealthy sign. That's what parents are for. Okay. Wow. Not okay. Now, just realize things are getting overwhelming, and it's important to get it to get it right. It's important to have parents help and guide you. Right. I know. Now, part of what they'll guide you is they'll actually teach you this lesson: how you want to help people, you want to be there, but yet it's overwhelming. That's where your parents teach you. Right, but it just, I just want to call up the principal and just tell her something. Like, no, 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 you're still busy with saving. We're talking first about you connecting to your parents. 
I know, but it's not possible right now to do this. So how are you going to learn this lesson? Let's understand something. There's an important lesson. What's the lesson? What do you think could be the lesson you could learn from this? Codependence? Before we get to these fancy words, codependence, what's the lesson? What do you need to learn? Let's say use the fancy words of codependence. Right. Maybe that I should not want to save the whole world. Yeah. Now, what happens if you don't learn that lesson about saving the whole world and you feel it's your job to save the whole world? What's going to happen to you? I'll be overwhelmed. Give me an example. So let's assume, Mr. Shem, you'll be married. You're going to have many kids, but let's say while you're having your, while you have five kids, your husband, the kids need you. There's a lot going on. Let's even say you're working or you're volunteering or you're doing some chesed organization. Put that all in there, and now share with me someone's problem that they're going through, and then how you're going to have a difficulty. Share with me. Let's make it up. Right. I I do see it. I'm married and I have a baby and. You know, it's hard, but it's, it's nothing that, it's not like I really want to get involved. It's just that I want to just make this one phone call. And uh, I'm Do you know anything ever know. happens with just one phone call? I know, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about, but, uh, yeah, I, I know. So do you hear, let's, let's put everything aside, do you hear your emotions? Do you hear how in pain you are? Yeah. Do you know that it's such an amazing Yiddish Amida to have? It's such a schuss to have that, but again, everything has to be balanced. I've so far seen it twice in the Gemara where it says, their life isn't life. And both Gemaras bring down the Rachmim. And Rashi explains, what's wrong? Someone that's a Rachmim, what do you mean they don't have a life? And Rashi explains that every problem affects them. Do you understand that the Gemara is already talking about needing to have balance? We're supposed to care. One of the one of the meters of a, of a yid is Rachmanim, Beishanim, Gemlechasodim. We have all that. You're caring. That's part of a Yiddish neshama. You have it, Baruch Hashem. What we're talking about is balance. What do you hear? That emotional, how pained you are. Yes, but I should what does your husband say? With my hands tied, I mean, my husband says that I should not get involved, but I really Why? just want to make this. Why? Why not? He just wants wants to stay out of it. Why? Maybe he thinks that it's a very overwhelming situation. That's right. Now let's assume it's an overwhelming situation. What will change when you place one call to the principal? I feel much better that just at least the school knows. Yeah, and then what happens if the school knows? Maybe and then you find out nothing is happening. Maybe they'll do something about it. They'll come to who? Maybe they'll just they'll just be a little bit um, softer there. Really? Do you think a school, if they've got a difficulty with someone, just because they get a call, they're going to change what they're doing, or they're going to want you to get involved? Uh-huh, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah, maybe we'll get too much, um, maybe we'll get too involved and pulled into it. That's right. And listen to your voice now. 
So right now, this seems to be that you're, you're great on the feeling part, and it looks like there's a lesson to be learned on how to balance it. I want you to know, I still struggle with that till today. I've got cases coming in. I even apologize to someone. Someone was coming in today into the office, and I saw what the issue is, and I sort of called them up before they came. I said, look, for the issue that you're coming on, we're not experts in that, but if you change your question the other way, we can help you on that. We just need to be clear, clear where we're heading, and they were clear. But we have to still be able to know what we could do, what we can do. Okay. I guess it's something that I can do. It's something that what? That I can do. I cannot do. You Well, maybe you could, maybe you can. But it's something you need to learn in general. Okay. So what are you getting from our conversation? What was your call? And what are you hearing now? That maybe, that maybe I just, um, that one phone call is like, it brings a lot, and maybe I should really stay out of it because I really can't save the whole world, so I just can't do anything. Ah, notice now the extreme. Amazing. Notice what you just said. Cause it might be too overwhelming, I can't get involved. I am a huge believer in saying to him. I think that, that, that's what I said, that I just want to make this one phone call. But you have to look what happens if you do that one phone call. Looks like the people that know you well don't want you to do the phone call. Right. They're concerned for something that you're not seeing. What are they seeing that you're not seeing? Right. Maybe I'll get to involved. Yeah. Right. We hear you. So now let's take it things to you. What could you do to recognize that there are certain times in life where Hashem does not allow us to do certain things, but doesn't mean we can't help in other ways, like say Tehillim? Right. I guess. Yes. What can you do? I guess I could just say to him. What else can you do? Can you maybe write to Hashem a letter saying, Hashem, please help this person? Right, this person. What? That's a good idea. Yes, that will help you. How about you could, how about you could, let's say, help you said you have a baby. How about you give extra attention to your kid and say, I will give my kid attention because I want to give someone love and I am not able to give it to this person right now because it's not that beneficial for me, but I can give my child love. Right. You can take that feeling and put it in a healthy place. Great idea. Yeah. So I want you to realize there are times that I can't help certain people. But when it hurts me, I would make an extra effort when I'm helping someone to put more kayak into that. We can't help everyone, but those that we could help, we could put extra heart, extra care. Well, I think it's amazing. Why? I think it's such a good idea. Yes, and we need to realize 
that the koyach of Rachmanus, if it is not done balanced, as the Gemara says, it will remove us from this world. From this world. Wow. Someone sent a message out from Canada. Maybe she can invite her for Shabbos. Again, I don't know if you'll get too involved or not, but there are steps that you can do. Right. Right, yeah. You can give a little tzedakah, give a dollar for tzedakah, that Hashem should send the right shlichim to help her. Yes. Arab Nissa, what would you say about this? Yeah. You know, again... We're talking about things that uh, can be uh, dangerous to get involved, and especially to And I want to ask, I want to say something that we got a phone call before from Israel. It's very quite a similar question about the lady that she said that uh, she's very uh, annoying with stuff that happen around her and how she can prevent it. And for example, she gave an example that uh, somebody insulted her neighbor. And she will get uh, furious more than the neighbor herself, you know. And uh, she do- she doesn't know how to to deal with this. That's uh, right. I think that it's it's a good idea to to put ourselves in the right perspective. That certain stuff, if we don't know and we cannot help it, you know, uh, let the professional people to do it. And I I wasn't I was I didn't hear the question from the beginning. But I understand that the issue was a school and a Basically, girl. there's a kid that's having a major problem, and she wants to at least inform the school. Looks like she has some problems with the school, and she wants to tell the school some history or some information or stuff that's going on, but she's afraid. But, but not her. The people around her, her parents and her husband, don't want her. She's going to get too involved. I, I would say that, you know, as, as a Maybe they have, they have the, the, the right to, uh, they know her, and I know to that as, as a problem with getting involved, but I would say maybe, maybe it's uh, it's issue to get professional people, let's say that not even the, the principal go to uh, the therapist of the school, and I, most of the school as a therapist, uh, go to a, a good good teacher that you can trust and try to put the idea to their, uh, to their end and back up. Yes. Isn't? How old is the the girl? Eight. Eight. Yeah. So I I would say that uh, maybe maybe talk with the, with the, with the teacher that and see uh, just anonymous you know just been called and talk about it and see if she can help the girl. There's a Mo- lot happening. Most of the schools, most right, Mordechai? Most of the yeah. school, as as the the therapist in the and the, the school or social uh, uh, services that the school right, provides. My husband doesn't want to talk to anyone or to get involved. Right, her husband doesn't want her to get involved. She's going to get too emotional in it. I, I, again, I don't know. This, I would say that it's it's in the minute that you just pass it through. It will be uh, a release, and that's it. What do you think? Um, sometimes that's true, 
And sometimes when people are too stuck in it, they do one thing. And I just need to give one more message. Or then she sees, like, she's thinking if she tells the school, they're going to change. What happens if they don't believe it? Or they're going to want to start following up and getting you more in it. And yeah. since it's a relative, what happens if it's going to start now family politics? Because sometimes right. people aren't always confidential. Go, oh, we got a call about her, this and this and this. Is it true? Is it not true? Yeah, that's also my husband's concern. That what? It'll become a whole family politics. Yeah. Yep. There's okay. a lot of difficulties that get involved besides the halacha level of shmir's halacha that you have to find out about okay. speaking about others if they allow it, don't allow it. What's going to happen? Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, could I could I just ask you a, a side question about your book? Relationship. Okay, so it's very interesting that I find myself in two opposites, like wind and earth. Like, how could that be? Oh, we can have both. Hashem has a wonderful talent of creating us with opposites. Okay, that's interesting. No, I just want you to know it's possible. I have a lot of those opposites, which made it harder for me and for many times, where I can have an entrepreneurship. Part of me, let's say, wants to have a business, and I love growing and helping and having therapists, and the other part of me wants to give away everything for free and pay everyone everything and not keep anything for myself. And those two battles is something, those two opposites are something I struggle with all the time. Interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Someone sent you a message. The main thing is she could work on is that she shouldn't, she should make sure that this doesn't happen to her kids. And that's a lifetime of work. Right. That's, That's really the, yeah. And someone said the other way. Sometimes people just use an excuse not to get involved because it's not comfortable, but the right thing is to get involved. That's right. And that's why you need family. That's why we want outside people recognizing, sharing what's happening. Right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, sure. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Okay, and the number to call up is 718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-
So the dictionary says manipulation, the action of manipulating something in a skillful manner, the action of manipulating someone in a clever or unscrupulous way, which is not an honest way. There is no deliberate manipulation of visitors' emotions. That's just what the dictionary sort of shares. So no, manipulation like how, is getting people to do something. What? You know, um, in terms of psychology, you know, of the social, you know, social way of interacting, I'm referring to that. So I'll read now a definition of the psychology manipulation. Psychological manipulation is the type of social influence that aims to change the behavior or perception of others through abusive, deceptive, or, un or underhanded taxes, tactics by advancing the interest of the manipulator, often at another's expense, such as methods, could be considered exploitive, abusive, devious, and deceptive. So what it means mm -hmm. in short is someone, A, trying to influence B through levels, which are through manners that's not healthy, to get B to do what A really wants, even if it's not good for B. Mm-hmm. So, because... You know, I was getting like messages of so the DB, the DBT module would say manipulate, saying they hear the word manipulation but they don't use it, which in, That's in a reality. That's fancy word. Explain that. I, what does that mean? Uh, <clears throat> there is, you know, the reason why people manipulate, as as far I saw it, is because they are trying to get something. I was saying that I thought it's it's possibly true, but but I guess they have more of an understanding of like how to call it. I'm not sure. Um, they try to get something, and they just don't have other ways. So they need to they need to manipulate, and or they. I'm That's not sure. right. I'm not sure. So let's understand it. So they don't have the healthy skills of speaking openly. They don't have the skills how to accept that they ask a question not to get what they want. And therefore now they need to use deceptive manners to get you to do what they want, regardless if it's for your benefit or not. And deceptive can be mm -hmm. abusive, manipulative, uh, deceitful, and many times even lying just to get you. Mm-hmm. Just because I found like this this module, the DVT module, is being very like validating understanding, which I understand. But I found like I felt it was like too much reconnaissance the people who manipulate. I, I, I do have reconnaissance and then it's just it's I found that it was just a hard thing to see, you know, just to accept that this is what's really happening when so in the, I happen in the past, to think your question's now very different. How can I accept that someone that I'm in a relationship for many, many years is using some negative systems that it was working on me all these years? <clears throat> Again, sorry, you're talking in, in a turn to somebody to me, you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, it's just, it was a very, like, new way of looking at it. And um, was very What's interesting. What's the big to you? I Have you never if... heard the word manipulation before? Of course, I heard the word manipulation. I was aware that it was so manipulation. So what's the What did you get now from DBT that you haven't heard before? You know, the chiddush is more that 
And it's trying to, it's a lot. They try to, you know, go in more into the dynamics of the brain and try to see how, why, and where the people will use these tactics. And That's right. We want I, to understand it, why they use certain behaviors and how you might unfortunately copy them or repeat them or how to prevent that from happening. So, therefore, when you set a boundary with them, you understand that they're not bad. You look at them with understanding, but you still won't give in. Mm-hmm. What do you hear? I guess, yeah, I hear it's, it's something that it's, it's a very, it's a tough thing to deal with because, you know, people, um, you know, some people could are, just use this method all along and it just, you know, they, put, they kind of catch you. They don't give you any room for, you know, they kind of catch you from the other side. Like whenever you, you talk to them and they will, they, this is how they just, have their things met. So it's let's just read this again. So what you just said is that when you want to say something or something different than they like or set a little boundary, then they will catch you on what you said wrong. Right? Right. Let's like go they, ahead they, and read this message again. Let's read it. the it's definition really again. All... What? Let's read again the psychological definition of manipulation. It's mm-hmm. a type of social influence that aims to change the behavior or perception of others. Let's call the word social. When you say one thing, they need to get you to change your words that they should still be involved or do what they want or speak to them when they want. So therefore now, just to call the word social, it's a type of influence, it's a way of speaking, that the target of their speaking is to change your behavior or perception. They don't want you to say what you're saying through abusive, deceptive, Mm -hmm. underhanded tactics. Mm -hmm. Why? What's the goal? by advancing the interest of the manipulator, that what they need should come forward. It's not about your needs. It's Mm -hmm. about their needs. Often at another's expense, such methods could be considered exploitive. Exploitive is when you take advantage of someone. You have a boss that that asks the employee to help them on personal stuff in their life. Now, the employee is afraid to say no because they might lose their job and they need their money. So exploiting means someone in a position of power is taking advantage of someone that's weaker. Mm -hmm. Abusive means they're being abusive. Devious, it's not straight. Or deceptive means I say one thing by reading another. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand. I I can see why people come to this, this way of acting just because whether it's um, childhood trauma, whatever it was, and they were they were treated that way right away. And here's something like I'm being in a relationship with somebody, just seeing it over and over, I kind of like, you now here come, Ross comes, you know, really should be like, um, I, this is more like a Yiddish question, like where does the meters come in? It, it's it's more of a, Where does the watch you know, come in? I'm saying I find it could be a disorder, you know, you know, maybe like the personality disorders, you know, people look at it different. It's like anxiety or depression. It's more, it's really, it is a disorder. But at the same time, I wonder how much, so where does Midos come in? Where everything is a disorder? Like, I'm like a little confused about this. Like, look, we, we can all have not good Midos and have a disorder at the same time, but who cares? What's the difference what it is? Call it Midos. So what's the solution now? So now will that person that has bad Midos go now to a Rav or to a Ravison? 
Mm-hmm. Very simple. Call mm-hmm. Amidos. Go to a Rav. If it's a Midos issue, a Rav or a Rebetzin takes care of it, right? Send, tell that mm-hmm. person, hello, sister, brother, cousin, neighbor. I feel you have Midos issues. Here's a number of a Rav or a Rebetzin that will help you out. Good. What's the problem now? No, I don't know. I don't think that, no, Mike, not, I'm not talking about other person. I'm talking about mice. It's more, no, you're right. You're right. I'm thinking now, like, it's, very simple. If you think a lot you have of therapy, a problem, go to a rub yeah. or to a rabbit. And let me tell you, whatever you pay the therapist weekly, go to the rub or to the rabbit and tell the rub, the rabbit, I want to pay you if it's $100, if it's $150, if it's an insurance mm-hmm. that you're covering and you give a $30, $40 copay, tell them, okay, I want to try to get money from my family or raise some money. I want to get $100. I want to speak to you now once a week and deal with my Midos problem. Mm-hmm. I don't have an mm-hmm. issue what you want to call it. But work on it the way you're going to deal with a therapy issue. Right, it is a problem because it, 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 usually when this happens, is if they, if you know, it's if it's across the board, I would say 95 percent, the way they interact, and it's 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 it is a disorder. It's just I was wondering, yeah, it's a disorder, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I I was just like you know having a different like view on this whole manipulation thing. You're still on the acceptance stage of realizing that the person that you cared for and that you loved for so many years, and now that you're in therapy, they're starting, you're learning the tools, the deceptive tools, the exploitative tools that they're using, and you're recognizing it's got to stop, which you knew deep down. And that's why many times, I don't know if you have, but people have anxiety, where people have stress, where people don't feel they can function in life, and they have no idea why. And now when you go into therapy, all of a sudden you start realizing why. And now you want to start changing their relationships, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the acceptance is more, you know, it, it comes with, you know, it comes slowly. That's right. And, and part um, of it is doubting yourself. Maybe it's me, those. And then we start going, maybe they had trauma. And all those could be true. The reality yeah, is they're still doing true. a negative behavior, and they're not the ones asking to change. means they're mm-hmm. not saying, okay, let me go now to a Ravo, to a Rebetzin. When they've got family members that want to distance themselves from them because it's too painful to be so close to them, when they've got business partners that don't want to deal with them, when they have neighbors that don't want to deal with them, all those happen. Mm -hmm. And they're still not saying, okay, if these people want to say it's a a hashkafa midos issue, go to a Robin to a Robinson, go weekly. Let's Mm -hmm. see, the Robin Robinsons are very smart. They'll help you out. If they feel it's a disorder, we'll send you to therapist. But go to therapist. Stop using the psychological manipulation, which we discussed now several times over here, reading it about the psychological manipulation, deceitful, exploitive behaviors to get another person to do what you want for your benefit and not their benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, let me ask you just it's it's a side question. Um, you know, do like you know, do people who are you know the ones who are certified do they really understand the personality sort of? Do they look at it as a diagnosis, like a real diagnosis? It depends who like, you ask. Well, uh, just put a little bit more words to your hakdama. People for example, that are like anxiety most, or anyone. I'm not sure who you're referring to. So I'm not. I'm not talking. To, I'm not referring to a specific person. I'm just let's take anxiety or depression or any other type bipolar. The you know the 
you know, the diagnosis that's more like a genetic type of diagnosis. diagnosis. Personality disorders, I, for me, I see, I see patterns. I, I don't see genetics. I see the childhood. I see, I see um, trauma and the, the dysregulation. It could be a lot with, could be the, you know, the genetic, but the, I'm not sure if I'm getting your question. Your question is, is personality disorders genetic or is it social environment being raised? Right, that's that's a controversy, but like do like do they really understand it? Do they really have a clear picture of what it is or they're just they're just dealing with it it, it doesn't make a difference of what if it's genetic or or childhood, you know. I'll tell trauma. you that you could ask a theorist a theoristician I, my talent is usually not doing that. My talent is, doesn't matter why, let's just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was interesting that for me that, yeah, I understand it, I hear what you're saying. It was just interesting for me that if you, if you'd read the DBT book or any, somebody who trains in it, they would, they would never, not never, I would say I would hardly hear the word manipulation and it's so interesting to me that I I don't know why you say that I've taken the DBT course and it's very clear when we teach you the interpersonal skills it's all about being open and being clear purposely so there should not be any manipulation and clear it's all about setting boundaries because we're aware of the manipulation Mm -hmm. Kobe the one the one who the one, the one that I know is more has a different no, wording no, for it, whatever. Be clear. We don't need to use those terms. We're not here about yeah, attacking yeah, the other person. Thinking, yeah. It's about disarming the conversation. It's about mm-hmm. learning you have the right to say no. It's about learning you have mm-hmm. the right to say I can't now. It's about not apologizing. But when you don't apologize, it's about giving the give, the give exercise, which is be gentle, be intent. Do it in a way that they're going to feel it. Mhm. Mhm. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Right. So, just for you to understand, let's say the give the uh, the give acronym is for be gentle when you're speaking. When you could say no, but you could do it gently. When you're doing it, you're acting interested. You're validating even how difficult it could be for them. And you're doing it in an easy manner. You can smile when you're saying the the limitations. There's an entire skills of how not to be, quote-unquote, or when you're dealing with someone that might be manipulating, but not to get into their trap. Into their, yeah. You know, it's it's very interesting how the gift skill works. You know, the human mind would tell you, no, don't give in. Like, this person is acting retarded, and here you're doing something so different, and that's what we're really supposed to do is just, you know, sometimes when somebody's in a relationship for a long time and they learn to interact in such a way and, you, and you're introduced that's to this right. gift skill, you're like, oh, that's that's new, and oh, that's normal, that's, oh, that's interesting. So, and and especially when you see it working and it's it's much more, you know, how you see the part of DBT, like building mastery, it's really, it's really nice to see that's how things That's what I would like to change. validate what you're saying. There's a great skill that I love, which is opposite action 
which means when you're angry at someone and you want to shout at them or they're manipulating you and now you're sped up and you want to say enough, stop, I never want to speak to you, opposite action is do the exact opposite, speak to them nicely. Yeah. And do you know how many relationships or how many people have shared that because they reacted, they did the opposite action, but in a healthy manner, they didn't react that way, the whole relationship changed. So let's say they set a boundary with someone, they smiled, they did it gentle, and the person says, oh, you know, that's horrible, you really don't care about me, that you're not coming, or you're not allowing me to go. And their instinct was to say, how could you say that? You're so mean, you're the one doing that. How can you speak that way to your cousin or to someone that helped you? And the opposite action would be, would be to continue saying, wow, you must be in a lot of pain by me saying no. I am so sorry for that. That's just, you don't always use it, but it's a skill mm -hmm. to use at times. And what yeah. happens is they find, wow, sometimes the person says, yes, it's so true. Sometimes it doesn't always work. Yeah, definitely. It's a great modality, and uh, the, the, the good part of it is that, that is, it's very structured, very detailed, and it's 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 more you learn it. It's not, it's it's very clear. It gives you the introduction and the and, you know and the ending how to deal with situations. Yeah. It's a great modality. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, we'll go to uh, the last caller, Mrs. P. All right, we'll do a quick last caller. Yeah. Okay. One second. Uh... Mrs. P. Hello, yeah. Hi, good evening. Yeah. Hi, good evening. Welcome. Thank you. And first, I want to say thank you for your program. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And okay, now to my question. So how would yeah. you recommend a person, a beginner's person, to like a person that's beginning the community, how would you recommend for them to balance the politics I don't understand that question if you could give me more words let's say a person goes in beginning of is being a beginner to, to community let's say he's going in new new community yeah how would you recommend the ideas to balance the politics I wouldn't be able to answer that question as I shared several times I don't do so well I mean, the theory. I don't involved. know what the politics are. Person I don't understand. I, I don't understand that. Community, it's, community politics. I, I, I don't know what that means. Community politics means you want to run for office? No, like in the Jewish community. I'll tell you what. I feel your question is something not for the scope that I usually deal with. This is something you ask a Rav, a Rebetzin, something, right, Rebetzin? It's not something that we do. Uh, I, Community I, politics, maybe we they, don't go uh, there. Maybe the beginners, we're, how would you recommend? I don't know. We're, we're, again, can we accept that I can't answer every question? This would be one of the questions sure. that you ask me a very detailed question about emotional growth we can deal. You want to tell me how to grow, how to be at peace, that there's politics and community. I could help you how to deal with it. That's a how-to question. I don't do that well with that. What are the, what are the, the awareness? Like a person goes in a beginner's in, in, um, community, like do they have to be always involved in all the politics? Listen, I let you. I, I, I can't answer that. So I am, I'm done with, a, with this question. 
I, I appreciate I, you calling up. I just can't ask, answer such a question. Or listen, time, if you'd like to continue with you. I, I really don't. I, you know, just uh, I'm sorry that I'm just, uh, I don't understand exactly what the question is. Like, uh, exactly. Like a person goes in, in, a, in a community. Yes. Like there is a few communities. Like in the Jewish, in the Jewish world, there's a few communities. So a person goes into one community and he's a beginner. He doesn't know what what is what is like legal, what is not good. And there's a lot of politics, as we all know. How would you recommend, like, how can he balance the politics? Does he have to go into every single information? Does he have to know everything? Or just live his... Uh, it's, it's, politics is something that's a very... You know, I would say that most of the uh, Jewish people are run away. Are we allowed to be in politics? Uh, I... I would say if you if this is the if this is your community area and you think that you can contribute, you don't have to know everything, but you see that it's a field that you have you can help, for example, to organize. What is politics? I would say that it's organize some kids uh, kids in in the in the school to to build the, their own uh, society or just bringing them to. Uh, uh, you know, every, every organ, like for example, URA. URA is, you can call it somehow, somehow politics. You know, it bring kids and bring them close to like Avodat Hashem, to the Yiddish kite. So it's a problem or it's not a problem? Uh, I don't think it's a problem. I think it's if you have the the, the inside of you, want mm-hmm. want to be involved with the community, it's go ahead. Uh, but, but again, what is the cause? You know, what, what, you, what do you think about it? I would say that it's, it's you have the Ashkafa behind it. Or just if you something that you really want to be uh, to announce yourself to to gain from this, and this is something that uh, every, every you're talking about Perkei Avot this uh, this month. No, I don't. I, I don't want to be like the big person. I just want to understand why people have like this idea of politics. If, am I supposed if supposed to accept it? How are we supposed uh, to deal with it? It's it's they, it, it has they, to be. I should go more deep. If they speak against the community, how how am I supposed to answer it? Uh, this this is something that really you have to to talk with the rabbis uh, uh, and the local rabbi because a lot of things it's big, uh, what you call it in politics. I I'm afraid to to say unfortunately we see a lot of things that are against our uh, Yiddish kite and politics yeah. politics bending over because uh, are we supposed to accept it? What? Are we supposed to accept no, it? Or? No, that's why that's why we are Majerus Radio and Travels. <laughs> We're not accepting. Uh, the, for example, we yeah, we go out against the liberalism, against uh, other stuff that uh, uh, I, I don't want to mention right now with this, but we, we really against many, many things that is not in the Ruach and in the spirit of being Yiddishkeit and the follow the Rabbanim. And it's definitely not to be, uh, you know, it have to be, I would say that certain politics have to be ashamed of themselves, that they, they call themselves like Jewish. Why, why would, would you recommend, why do people like other people think they're better than other people? It's also possible. Okay, this, this is the, this is the, this different person, this is the, why, why people choosing to be a teachers and some people choosing to be a policeman. Why people choosing because to be... Because this is what God pa- wanted them, but and it's, it's not fight. what they, it's something that you, it's inside, inside yourself, you know, it's nothing that you cannot... Listen, yes. I feel that I would like to end this program. Okay, okay and, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this thank is, you very this much is for not your my energy, certainly. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Mordechai. So well. No, it's <laughs> no I feel you've done excellent, Rav Nissen. I feel, thank I you feel very you've much. done excellent. Sure. Okay, thank you to all our dear listeners, and I'm really uh, sorry that I get involved with this. <laughs> oh, A-OK. A-OK, my friend. Okay.
Thank you. Okay, good night. Everyone have a wonderful evening. Hatzlacha. Amen. Thank you, and all the best. Yeah.